You're listening to episode 13 of Viva La Lex. Bro, I don't even remember. I don't even know how to start this. Hi, guys. It's me. <laughs> Welcome back again for the third time. Um, You know what's funny? I just went back to see where I left off. <laughs> Ironically enough, my last episode was about healing. Um, so there's that. That's been great. Um, now we're going from how's the healing to Medicaid at girl winter. So that's fun. Love that for me. Um, but anyways, hi guys, welcome back. <sighs> I'm a little bit nervous. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to start this. Um, actually I do. First and foremost, this episode is much more serious than all my other ones. And I want to start this off by saying Everything that I am going to discuss and talk about on here is my experience, my opinion, and what is working for me. I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a therapist, I am nothing of the sort. So, um, everything I'm going to talk about here is just what's working for me. Um, If you are dealing with any sort of mental health issues, if you are feeling like something's not right, I definitely urge you to seek professional help. Um, And, you know, talk to somebody, talk to your friends, talk to your family, um, and just know that you are loved, you are love, and the world needs you. So we're in this together. You're not alone. I'm here for you. And with that being said, let's dive right in. Um, I've been very open and transparent on this platform, both on the podcast and on Instagram, about my battles with mental health, my battles with anxiety, my battles with um, my eating disorders. And it's funny because... In my last episode, I was so convinced that I was on my way to healing. And I was so far from it that it's astonishing at the level of denial that I was in. Um, and it, it's, it was weird this time around because I, I was diagnosed with depression at the age of 16. I was on medication from the time I was 16 to about the time I was 18, I want to say. Um, mental health is something that is very big in my family. Mental illness runs very deep in my family. My great-grandfather died in an insane asylum. Um, I have family members that suffer from depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety disorder, um, on both sides, my mom and my dad's side. Um, so it was never like a taboo subject in my family it's more of like you're the weirdo if you don't have depression right so um it was never a subject we shied away from but for some reason this time around I was having such a difficult time coming to terms with the fact that I had a depression relapse and I I I I'm still trying to figure out if it was an ego thing, if it was a pride thing, if it was a denial thing. I think it was a combination of the both. 
Um, because I, I spiraled. And it started in 2019. And I actually just had that breakthrough not too long ago in therapy. Um, and I can pinpoint to the exact day that I started feeling like not myself. And I see that in the things that I accepted in my life. And I see that in the people that I allowed in my life. Um, it just so happens that it spiraled out of control in the last three, four months. Um, we've come a long way as a society to have the conversation about mental health and mental illness. But I think it's still very taboo. I think that we fear we fear being judged, right? So if we say, oh, I'm on medication, we don't want people to think we're crazy or suicidal. If we say we're in therapy, we don't want people to think like, oh, this bitch has daddy issues, so stay the fuck away from her. And these were things that I was dealing with, you know? Um, 2020 was a trying year for the entire world. And that was part of the problem for me. I felt guilty talking about what I was going through because it seemed so minimal in the climate that the world was currently in, right? So I felt so guilty to say I felt sad when in reality I had no real reason to feel sad. I was employed throughout the entire pandemic. I didn't lose my home. I didn't lose any loved ones. I So part of me felt like I can't talk about how I'm feeling because I people are going to be like, oh, you're sad. Oh, you haven't lost anyone to COVID though. Like, and, and you guys know <laughs> this is the society we live in, right? So in a way, I felt like I'll get past this. Like it's just, you know, we're in a level of uncertainty where maybe tomorrow will be better. And for me, I had a breakup March 1st. The world as we knew it shut down March 21st, at least here in Miami. And the idea that we went to bed one night and woke up the next day to the world being completely shut down, if that didn't affect you, I'm concerned about you. You're a sociopath. But, um, I mean, yeah, who, who did in 2020 affect? And for me, it was so many changes that happened at once. It was, I'm going through this pandemic all by myself because I didn't have my mom home with me because my mom is high risk. I lost my relationship of a year. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just me and my thoughts. And my thoughts want me to be in the worst place possible. Um, something that I've never talked about was how bad my drinking got during the pandemic. I was drinking every day. I wasn't getting drunk, but I was definitely drinking 
every single day, which is completely out of character. I, I'm not that person to have a drink every single day. If I have a drink once a month, it's a lot, to be honest. Um, it's funny because I, 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 when I, every time I talked about the podcast, they talked about it as a healing tool, right? Like, oh, this is my healing. This is how I'm healing, right? And part of it was healing. Another part of it was masking my pain. Right, Because if I come on here and I'm funny and I make jokes and I talk about how shitty my ex is or I talk about how shitty this guy I went on a date is with, people are going to forget that I went through a horrible breakup, 2020 is happening, and I don't have to be human. I can put this image of being this super strong badass bitch that is not touched. And the truth of the matter is I was dying on the inside. But I'm the strong friend, so I couldn't show that to anybody. And it's funny because the other day I was having this conversation with my therapist and I said to her, it's kind of like when a firefighter starts a fire in his own house, but he doesn't want to call 911 because he doesn't want to feel like a total jackass. That's kind of how I felt. My house is burning but I can't let anybody know, so I'm just going to burn in it because I don't, you know, don't want to be treated differently or be made fun of. Um, and that was the reality of it. My depression started to really, really spiral in 2020. Um, fast forward to the end of 2020, I said, you know, things are getting back to normal. I'm getting my routine back. Maybe, you know, I'll be able to shake out this funk. And let me tell you something, that bitch spiraled even more. <laughs> like, it spiraled in a way that I I never thought would spiral. Um, I've always been the type of person that... If you ask any of my friends, I'm the life of the party. Right? And... I feel like my light just got dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until finally it was completely off. And it was it was weird because I I felt weird. I didn't feel like myself, but I my first thought wasn't depression. My first thought was fixing everything on the outside. I'll feel better when I lose weight. I'll feel better when I get a new job. I'll feel better when I get my new Mercedes. I'll feel better when I decide to date again. So in my mind, I'm thinking once I achieve these material things, everything will be fine. As I'm literally decomposing on the inside and my mental health is on another level. Um, my weight spiraled out of control. I am currently the heaviest I've ever been. Um, I became the most negative human being on the face of this earth. Like, I was negative Nancy. Hi, it's me. Um, it's just, I, I, I look back and I'm like, bitch, how, you wasn't really big denial, ho. Like, you were sad. 
Like, that's, that's not good. Um, but I just, I, 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 for some reason, was having such a hard time coming to terms with the fact of, I'm not depressed. It's just, I'm going through a funk. I'll snap out of it. Looking back now, I see my depression manifest in so many different ways. I completely isolate it. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I haven't posted any content on Instagram since May. That's not because I'm busy. <laughs> like I promise you it's not because I have time. Um, I isolate it from my friends, from my family. I moved into my new place and I'm just now getting around to decorating it and bringing life into it. Um, if I didn't have to get up, I wouldn't. I would spend days in bed. I would come home after work, shower, go straight to bed. Um, it was, it was, it was scary. And then it got scarier when I started to wake up and feel disappointed that I woke up. And that's the moment when I said, okay, this isn't normal. Like I, I, this, this isn't okay. And during this time I was still seeing my therapist um, but one thing that I love about my therapist is she isn't quick to fix the problem with medication. Um, anybody who knows me, it's not necessarily that I'm anti-medication. I just rather take every other method. I, I want to exhaust all my options before I go directly to big pharma. That's just me. Um, so I kept telling her, you know, this is, this is not right. Something's not right. And she's like, well, I just want you to eat clean, try working out, go outside. Did I do any of that? No, I'm not doing that. Um, and when I started waking up and feeling upset that I woke up, that's when I knew something had to give because I knew from there to me having suicidal thoughts was just a few months different. Um, and even saying that out loud is, is wild. Um, things started to really spiral. I want to say the end of September or maybe like mid-September, things started to really, really spiral. Um, I started having issues at work, which turned me into even more depression um, because now I'm feeling like there is not one thing in my life that's going right. I hate my fucking job. I fucking hate my boss. I still feel that way. She's my ex-boss, but I still think she's a fucking bitch. Um, I'm working in a dead-end job. I'm not going anywhere from here. I'm not making the money I know I can be making. And everything just fucking sucks. With what motive do I want to wake up in the mornings? So that just kind of further dug me deeper into my hole. Um, those of you who know me personally know the relationship that I have with my mom. 
my mom is my best friend. And one day I was out with my mom and I looked over at her and she looked distraught. And I was like, what's wrong with her? I said, what's wrong? And her eyes started to water and I was like, oh my fucking God. I was like, don't do this to me. God damn it. And she looked at me and she said, I want my daughter back. I don't know who you are, but I want my daughter back. And I looked at her, I'm like, what are you talking about? And she says, your light is gone. I don't know who you are. And I don't like this person. You need to get help. And that moment broke me. Because you know what it is for your parents to be like, I don't know who the fuck you are, but you're not my kid. Like, that, that definitely, that was one of the hardest things I've, I think my mom has ever told me. That and you can't get a tramp stamp when I was 16. Um, but, you know, that's another story for another time. Um, and that was kind of the kick in my ass that I needed for me to get extra help. Um, so that night I came home and I'm not religious by any means, um, but I am very spiritual and I said to myself, I said, okay, am I going to let this shit beat me or am I going to beat it? And I said, you know. It's so much more easier to just lay down and take it, (laughs) you know, and I think for the first time, I'm trying to think, yeah, I think for the first time in a very long time, I was close to just throwing in the towel, but that conversation with my mom kind of was the kick in the ass that I needed, and I came home and I said, you know, I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to fake it till I make it. And I also want to say, during this time, I was sending out applications for a new job, which that didn't help my mental state at all. And if you're somebody who's out here looking for a job and have not been able to find something, girl, I I'm, I hear you. I... I think I sent out close to 250 fucking resumes. I'm not joking. And I have a very impressive resume. I've been working since I was 18 years old. Okay? Experience? I have it. Till this day, and I started sending out applications in September. We're in November. Till this day, I've only gotten three phone calls back. So that wasn't helping me because now I feel like I'm a fucking loser. Nobody wants me. I am going to be stuck in this job forever. So what happened? I added more balloons to my pity party. That's always great. And that was, I remember that was a Saturday that I had that conversation with my mom. That Sunday I woke up and I said, you know what? Maybe for whatever reason, the universe just doesn't want me to leave my job. And that's fine. I have to accept it. I have to change my mindset in every aspect of my life. And maybe, maybe I have to just accept where I'm at. 
And that was one of the hardest things for me to do because when I tell you guys, I fucking hated my job. I don't think I've hated a job that much in my entire life. This was on a Sunday going into Monday. My mood completely changed at work. Tuesday, I made an appointment with my psychiatrist. Um, and that Tuesday, the recruiter who got me the job that I'm currently at called me and pitched the job that I'm at now. So it was just kind of the universe confirming you take the steps that you need to take to be good and we got you. That's what I got from that. Call me superstitious, call me crazy, call me whatever. That's what I took from that. Um, psychiatrist. All right. If you've never seen a psychiatrist before, it's a completely different ballgame than your therapist. Psychiatrists are... It depends on your psychiatrist. I love my psychiatrist. She's great, but they're not there to coddle you, right? So again, I haven't been to a psychiatrist since I was 16 years old. I'm now 29. So that's a few years. So I did not know what to expect. I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't know what was going to, you know, happen. Um, the first session was 30 minutes long. My therapy is an hour long. So already there were worlds of difference. And, you know, they ask you family history. Um, are you having any suicidal thoughts? Are you having um, any thoughts of harming yourself or others? You know, that whole spiel. And then they did what's called a, oh my God, I hope I'm not going to butcher this. A PHQ-9 test. So pretty much what that is, it's nine questions and you answer from a scale of zero to three, three being like the worst, and you answer accordingly. So like, for example, one of the questions that stuck with me was thoughts that you would be better off dead or thoughts of hurting yourself in some way. Um, and then you would answer zero to three, and zero is like, I never think of that, and three is like every day. So I did this test for both depression and anxiety, and my results were um, not shocking in any way, shape, or form. But I was diagnosed with chronic anxiety and major depression. Um, then at that point, I was prescribed 10 milligrams of Lexapro, which is pretty much a serotonin. So there's different types of medications. Um, the one that I'm on is called an SSRI, which is just pretty much... A substitute for serotonin to kind of like make your happy fucking it's like a happy pill and then there's much more intense medications that are used for schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and things of that nature knock on wood i you know didn't let it get there but um that's what i was diagnosed with that's what my medication looks like um I take it once a day in the morning. And when I tell you guys four days into taking the medication, I was feeling probably like a 60% better. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and I have been on that medication already for two months. Going on three. Going on three months? Yeah, going on three months. Um, 
and it's made a world of a difference. I feel like the old me is coming back. I feel like I'm finally seeing light at the end of the tunnel, which is something that I haven't felt in two years. Um, one of the questions that I was asked on Instagram was, how do you find the perfect therapist? And I can do a whole episode on this, but just so you guys can get an idea how I did it. If you have health insurance, if you go on your health insurance website, you can actually find providers. Um, but it's it's a lot of trial and error. I think I went to about three therapists before I found the therapist that I'm currently with now and I've been with her already for two years. And I actually was on a waiting list for six months before I was able to get an appointment with her. But something about her, like just when I saw her picture on the website, something about her just felt right it's kind of like you know when goldilocks had to like lay on all the beds and she's like this one's kind of whack this one's okay i guess i'll fuck with this one this one's it like this one's just right that's literally the process of finding the perfect therapist for you you're gonna have to like go through some shitty ones before you find the right one so that's how i found my therapist um unfortunately when i finally was able to get my appointment with my therapist, she was out of network, meaning my insurance didn't cover it. So I pay for my insurance out of pocket. Now, if you work for a company that offers a flexible spending account, you can use that for providers that are out of network. So a flexible spending account pretty much is a credit card that you're given and they deduct an amount a month. So for example, for me, that's really the only provider that I go to um, for like anything. Like I don't really, thank God, I don't have any health issues. So I don't go to a lot of doctors. I don't really do much. Honestly, the doctors that I see the most are my psychologist, my psychiatrist, and my OBGYN. That's it. Because this body is not birthing children. So I need my birth control. Um, so pretty much if you do have that option at your job, I suggest you do it. For example, for me, they take out $60 out of my paycheck and that goes towards my flexible spending account. And that's what I use to pay my therapist out of pocket. Um, same thing with my psychiatrist. Um, and then my medication, I think I pay like five bucks for it. But again, that's depending on your insurance. Um, one thing that I did find extremely disturbing is a lot of psychiatrists don't take insurance and you have to pay out of pocket, but the co-pays are like four or $500. And I remember seeing that and thinking, what if I'm on the verge of a complete psychosis breakdown and I don't have the money for this? What happens then? And it takes me back to my conversation of we've come a long way as a society in terms of we're having open conversations about mental health, but we're still putting a price on mental health. And that shouldn't be the case. There's no reason why somebody who is hearing voices or feeling suicidal or feeling like they're going to hurt somebody else 
not be able to have access to help without having their checkbook in hand. And that's what I mean by we've come a long way, but there's still a lot more that needs to be done. Growing up Hispanic, and I think I've had this conversation with a lot of my Hispanic and black friends, you're growing up in a household where we don't talk our business. And I grew up like that. My grandmother was very big on what happens at home stays at home. And it's to the older generation, therapy's, you're, you're not crazy. You're not a kook. You don't need this. We need to normalize mental health. We need to normalize talking about this with our children, talking about this with our friends, talking about this in the workplace. You know what I'm saying? And having open conversations about this because this is a problem. This is a really big problem. I pulled up some statistics that I wanted to read to you guys because I thought this was really interesting. This is 10 surprising mental health statistics from 2020. So this is recent. This was the one that I found the most disturbing. One in six U.S. youth from ages 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. A six-year-old. Why is a six-year-old experiencing mental health disorders? I'm just crazy. Um, Half of all lifetime mental illness begins by age 14 and 75% by age 24. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people age 10 to 34 in the U.S., and the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And I can't help but to ask myself, how many of those deaths were caused by the system failing people? I don't want to get into that. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. I'll let you guys decide on that. Whatever. Anyways. Um, so yeah, it's a medicated girl winter. Um, it's funny the other day I saw a friend of mine and she said uh, I'm so sorry that I didn't check in on you but I'm just so used to you being the strong friend that sometimes I think you don't need check-ins and it's so funny because I'm always always saying check on your strong friend but I never thought that I would be the strong friend that people had to check up on um when I posted on Instagram about my depression relapse, the amount of messages that I got was overwhelming. Like, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Um, which leads me to believe that a lot of people are suffering in silence. And that bothers me because there's not a reason to, to be suffering in silence. I did it. I did it for two years. And... There's no need for it. There's so many resources out there. There's so many people out there that are willing to help. And I think for me, the scariest part was telling my therapist, like, I'm finding it difficult to understand why I'm waking up every morning. I wasn't necessarily feeling suicidal. Luckily, my depression has never gotten a hold of me to that extent. 
But I knew if I continued to suffer in silence, it was only a matter of days before that did happen. Um, I think we need to normalize saying that we don't want to get up out of bed. We need to normalize not feeling good. For no reason. Because the truth of the matter is, if I looked at the big picture, I had nothing to be sad about. I have a great job now. I have a car. I have great friends. I have family. I lost nobody during COVID. So like looking at the big picture, I had no reason to feel sad. But I did. And the worst thing to tell somebody when they're not feeling good is to try and like make them feel better by being like, well, you have nothing to be sad for. I can tell you that shit used to boil my blood and that's why I just wouldn't say anything. But I think we need to educate ourselves on how to handle people who are dealing with this, our loved ones, how to best respond to how they're feeling. And you know what I learned is sometimes you don't even have to have the right words. Sometimes all I need is for you to listen. And sometimes all your loved one needs for you to do is listen. I can tell you that a lot of times I would get upset at my mom because she always wanted to offer advice. And I'd be like, can you just shut up and just let me fucking vent? I don't don't need your opinion. And And honestly, it's terrible, but that's sometimes what you just need. Um, depression in my opinion is never something that's conquered something that's managed Um, for me I've had to eliminate a lot of things Um, what I watch what I eat what I drink um, I'm currently not drinking right now with my medication um i have to be very careful with what i watch i cannot watch the news um i made that mistake on saturday when i was watching the whole um astro world thing unfold and i felt heavy and i had to turn that off um Believe it or not, I'm going out and walking out in nature with bugs. That's not fun, but it helps my mental state. Um, I'm soon going to be working with a trainer again. Um, I am journaling. I'm meditating. I'm sitting in silence with my thoughts, which is something that before was very scary because I was not having good thoughts and now my thoughts are better and if you're struggling with depression it's okay you don't always have to be strong I promise you you don't and I know that that's easier said than done but if you're struggling you don't have to struggle by yourself um like I said in the beginning The world needs you, and I need you. So if you're struggling, feel free to reach out to me. I probably won't have always the best words or the right words to say, but these ears are still good, girl. So I'm I'm here to listen to you. 
Um, if you feel like you don't want to talk to somebody you know, get professional help. My therapist is the best investment I've ever made. I swear I cannot imagine that woman saved my life. Her and my psychiatrist. And there's nothing wrong with taking medication. You know why? Because it's a medicated girl. Winter, fucking spring, summer, fall. Like, it's a medicated girl year. Like, fuck out of here. So, I will put a list of resources down in the description box. As well as my Instagram, which, although if you're listening to this and you're not following me, like, are you really a fan? I don't think so. But anyways, that's it for today's episode. I'm really nervous. I don't know why. So I'm pretty sure that, like, I fucking babbled for, like, a whole 30 minutes. But I hope you got something out of this. As always, if you guys have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to me. If you guys like this episode leave a review down below you know a little rating a little a little wow this, this is a great podcast review you know i'd really appreciate it um like i mentioned on instagram i'm not going to be doing weekly episodes just because my mental health can't take it but i definitely will be doing another one before the end of the month holidays are approaching and i know that sometimes the holidays can bring on some blues So I definitely will talk about that in the next episode. So until next time, take care of yourself and I will talk to you guys later. Bye guys.